Big Mac, Chicken McNuggets. No, Big Mac and Quarter Pounder with cheese. Or filet fish You'd be doing the same thing if you were at McDonald's because you can choose not just one, but two of your favorites for just six bucks. Tasty Big Mac, crispy 10-piece chicken McNuggets, juicy quarter pounder with cheese, or savory filet fish Enjoy two of your all-time favorites for just six bucks, if you can decide on the two. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. With the new iPhone SE for less than 100 bucks at Metro, you rule. It's the most affordable iPhone on the number one brand in prepaid. So whether you're studying online or FaceTiming. Hey, Mom. Hi, dear. The iPhone SE has all you need. Switch to Metro and get the iPhone SE for $99.99 after rebate redemption and six months of service with AutoPay. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. Limit one per account slash household. Requires port and ID validation. Not valid for numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Welcome to Active Shooter, a podcast that covers the whys, the hows, and the aftermath of active shooter and mass casualty events. They have an active shooter in the building. A second call says they uh, are being attacked. I've been shot. One six nine ten means we got shots fired. Four fifteen a at the Route to ninety one. Sounded like an automatic firearm. Active shooter, reports of an active shooter, active shooter, active shooter of mass casualty incidents. Thank you for listening. You are listening to Active Shooter, a podcast that may contain adult themes, explicit language, and graphic depictions of violence. Portions of this show may be traumatic for those under 18. Listener discretion is advised. Another community is waking up in shock. After a deadly school shooting, this morning, investigators in southwest Oregon are trying to learn why it happened. Thursday's rampage at Umpqua Community College left 10 people dead and seven wounded. One of the dead is the gunman who was killed during a shootout with police. Survivors and their families say the killer asked people if they were Christians. It was October 1st, 2015 in Roseburg, Oregon, when 18-year-old Quinn Cooper was sitting in his English and writing class at Umpqua Community College. Quinn was in his fourth day of college and was listening intently to Professor Lawrence Levine instruct his lesson for the day. He was 35 minutes into class when one of his classmates entered. Quinn noticed that the classmate was wearing all black and had on a bulletproof vest. He also had something in his hand. It was a gun. Active Shooter, the podcast, is a High Five Holly production, and I'm your host, JT. If you've listened to our prior episodes, you know that the Active Shooter podcast team has taken the No Notoriety Pledge, and we will not be sharing the real name of the shooters that we cover. We will be giving the shooters a pseudonym and refer to them by that name throughout the episode. This will help in clearing up any confusion in the story while remaining true to our pledge in not naming the shooter by their actual name. In today's episode, we will be referring to the shooter as 
Roger. Every student went silent when 26-year-old Roger walked into the classroom holding a gun. Professor Levine stopped teaching. Roger walked over to Matthew Downing, another student, and handed him an envelope. Roger told Matthew he wasn't going to kill him because he needed Matthew to give the envelope to the police. Investigators would later find out that the envelope contained a flash drive with a six-page manifesto. Much like the shooter in the Isla Vista shootings in episode 13, Roger referred to Matthew as the lucky one, as his life would be spared. He said, the kid in the glasses, get up. I need you to do me a favor. Today's your lucky day. And hands him this, like, business envelope because he wasn't going to be able to do that after he was done killing the rest of us and... He said he was going to kill himself. After giving the envelope to Matthew, Roger ordered all of the students to lay on the ground, on their stomachs. I could just, I could hear everyone breathing hard and, and freaking out and crying. And he, um, he asked everyone to move to the center of the classroom. So we all kind of just like army crawled to the center. He shot Professor Levine first at point-blank range. He then focused his attention on the students lying on the ground. He was asking the students what religion they were, and whenever a student answered that they were a Christian, he would tell them, good, because you're going to meet God now. And then he would pull the trigger. They would stand up and he said, good, because you're a Christian, you're going to see God in just about one second. And then he shot and killed them. Serena Dawn Moore was in her wheelchair when Roger told everyone to lay down, but she complied and got out of her wheelchair. Her service dog laid right next to her, never leaving her side. Roger ordered Serena to get back into her wheelchair. She complied with his orders and, as soon as she sat up, Roger shot her, killing her. He sounded really deranged because he said that he had been waiting to do that for a really long time, and he laughed after, after he shot the teacher. There was at least one student that risked his life to save others. Chris Mintz was a 30-year-old U.S. Army veteran who was in a nearby classroom when he heard the shots. He ran towards, not away from the shooter, and alerted others along the way that there was an active shooter and to hide or get down. Roger saw Chris and immediately began shooting at him. He ran to the library and pulled all the alarms, and he was telling people to run, grabbing people, telling them, just, you just have to go. He actually ran back towards the building where the shooting was, and he ran back into the building. Chris used himself as a human shield to protect his fellow classmates. After Chris had been shot with the first bullet, he immediately tried to reason with the shooter, telling him that it was his son's sixth birthday and he wanted to be able to go home to his family. Chris is screaming, it's my son's birthday, it's my son's birthday, come on, dude, come on. And then you hear rapid fire again, and he shot Chris. 
Having no sympathy for Chris and his story, Roger shot him an additional four times. Chris was shot five times total. He was shot in each leg, in the abdomen, shoulder blade, and finger. Tries to block the door to keep the gunman from coming in. Gets shot three times. Hits the floor. Gets shot two more times. He's going to have to learn to walk again, but he walked away with his life. There is no telling how many lives Chris saved due to his heroic actions in alerting his classmates about the shooter. Meanwhile, students and staff were responding to the sound of bullets by going into lockdown and calling 911. Despite the school's best efforts, some students on campus didn't hear the shots and went about their days. Other students were laying on the floor playing dead in hopes that their life would be spared. 183 to back, copy active shooter, UCC 1140, Umco College Road. So we have a report of one person shot, UCC 1140, Umco College Road, an active shooter. The UCC, this is going to be the Snyder Hall. The Somebody is outside one of the doors, shooting through the door. There is a female in the computer lab. We do have one female that has been shot at this time. 1174, medical aid. This is for an active shooter at UCC. 1174, medical aid. We have a report of one person shot. UCC, 1140, I'm Carl Collins Road, an active shooter. Exchanging shots with him. He's in the classroom on the, it's going to be the southeast side of the hall. 30 Rosenberg 17, unconfirmed report that he's got a long gun. Copy Rosenberg 17, unconfirmed report. He has a long gun, 1045. Located next to the library, there are about 35 people in the hall piled in. The campus center is on lockdown. 183 was turning onto College Road, and it looks like they're going to shut down the road. There were two plainclothes detectives nearby when they heard calls over the radios referencing an active shooter at the Umpqua Community College. It was very chaotic. You know, we had a lot of students that were running from the building. Uh, We had rooms that were in lockdown. Uh, It was a very chaotic scene. Because the detectives were close, they decided to respond to the scene. Neither detective had a bulletproof vest on and only had their service weapons, small handguns, with them. The two officers risked their lives as they entered the school. Roger had seen the detectives and started exchanging gunfire with them. The exchange lasted two minutes when one of the officers made contact with Roger, shooting him in the right hip. We do know that we have at least two heroic officers who responded into the building within minutes and exchanged gunfire with the suspect. The shooter went back inside the classroom, put the gun to his head, and pulled the trigger one last time. Eight students and one professor lost their lives at the hands of Roger. Nine people in all. Being locked in there and not knowing if my friends were okay, um, I, of course, was bawling my eyes out. Lucero Alcaraz was 19 years old and was studying to be a pediatric nurse. She had graduated from Roseburg High School in 2015 and was a UCC scholar for the 2015-16 school year, which allocated scholarship money. 
Lucero was very artistic and loved to draw. She had six siblings, five sisters, and one brother. Her siblings said that she was always the responsible one. Trevin Taylor Onspach was 20 years old and was nicknamed Trev. He was from Sutherland, Oregon, located just north of Roseburg. In 2014, he graduated from Sutherland High School. Trev had worked for one summer at Roseburg Forest Products after graduation. His dad was a local firefighter, and his parents described him as the perfect son. Trev was six foot four inches and played basketball for the UCC Riverhawks. Rebecca Ann Karn was 18 years old and had dreams of becoming a dental assistant. She was loving, compassionate, and genuine. She enjoyed doing anything outdoors, including hunting, camping, and riding ATVs through the mountains. She played softball all four years of high school and was excited about the job she recently started. Quinn Glenn Cooper was 18 years old. As mentioned at the beginning of this episode, he was only on his fourth day of college. He had graduated from high school that June prior. Quinn was funny, sweet, compassionate, and very loving. He was joined at the hip to his older brother. They enjoyed playing video games together. Quinn enjoyed martial arts, voice acting, and dancing. Kim Saltmarsh Dietz was 59 years old and was so proud of the fact that she had decided to take college courses with her daughter, Shannon. Shannon was also a student at UCC, but was unharmed in the attack. Shannon was Kim's whole world, and her life revolved around her daughter. Kim and her husband Eric were caretakers of the Pyrenees Vineyard in Myrtle Creek. Kim was born in the United Kingdom, just north of London. She loved all animals and had an ability to calm and tame those deemed wild. Lucas Eibel was 18 years old and the youngest of his quadruplet brothers and sister. He studied chemistry and was also a UCC scholar who received scholarship money. Lucas was part of the Future Farmers of America. He enjoyed volunteering and did so at the Wildlife Safari Animal Park, as well as the local animal shelter. He was an outstanding soccer player and enjoyed anything and everything outdoors, including hiking, skiing, and playing catch. Jason Dale Johnson was 34 years old and had dreams of becoming an EMT. Born in Hawaii, Jason would later move to Santa Maria, California, where he would grow up. He fought addiction his entire life, and was proud to say he was on the right path, and proud of his Christianity. Jason had a great sense of humor, and enjoyed spending time with his young nephew, Liam. The professor killed Lawrence Levine, was 67 years old and an assistant professor of English. He grew up in Beverly Hills, California, and later moved to Glyne, Oregon. He loved fly fishing and lived in a cabin on the Umpqua River. Lawrence loved music, especially the blues. Not only was he a great English professor, he was also a very talented writer and had written many unpublished novels. Serena Dawn Moore was a 44-year-old woman from Myrtle Creek. She had three sons and had a passion for animals. Serena was in her third semester of college studying business. She was a member of Grant's past Seventh-day Adventist church and always saw the good in people. Serena's goal was to start a business that brought animals and disadvantaged people together. 
Umpqua Community College is located in Roseburg, Oregon, in the North Umpqua River Valley. The student population for the 2017-2018 academic year was around 13,000. UCC is home to one of the first viticulture and oenology programs in Oregon and is called the Southern Oregon Wine Institute. The average age at the college is 29.8 years old. The top majors are Associate of Arts, Nursing, General Studies, and Human Services. The first college courses were offered in 1961, and the cost was $5 per term and $11 per credit. The campus is located on 98.5 acres of land donated by Elton and Ruth Jackson. Prior to campus construction, it was a piece of farmland. Roseburg, Oregon is located in Douglas County, which is known for its wildlife, waterfalls, mountains, and lakes. There are many parks in Roseburg, as well as a shopping mall and numerous restaurants. Roseburg is known for its rogue pear industry, flower bulbs, and hops. It is referred to as the timber capital of the nation. The climate in Roseburg is a typical Oregon climate, cool and rainy winters, and hot and dry summers. The largest employers are Roseburg Forest Products and Mercy Medical Center. After the police arrived at the school, a student came forward informing that they had run into the men's bathroom to seek cover and found a black duffel bag in one of the bathroom stalls. Next to the black duffel bag was a rifle, and inside were large amounts of ammunition. Four hours after the shooting, Roger's mom was interviewed. When officers arrived at the apartment Roger shared with his mom, they couldn't help but notice how messy their apartment was. Because the apartment was in such disarray, and Roger and his mother had a countless number of weapons, she couldn't even tell the investigators which guns were missing. As investigators interviewed Roger's mother, they started to see an image of a very troubled person. Roger was born on July 26, 1989, in Torrance, California. His mother made the comment that Roger was, quote, born angry. Even the doctor said when he was born that Roger was an angry baby. His father, a native of England, wasn't around a lot, leading to his parents' divorce when Roger was just a toddler. When Roger was young, he would have explosive tantrums so volatile that his mother would have to put him in a bear hug until he calmed down. When asked if his mom could think of anything that would indicate Roger would do anything of this sort, she could only think of a time when he was four or five years old when he opened the car door as his mother was driving down the freeway. This obviously upset and scared his mother, but this was the only time she could remember Roger exhibiting excessively odd behavior. As a juvenile, he did get in trouble for throwing an object at another student. While we don't know what that object was, Roger received a short term of probation and court-ordered community service. In 2008, Roger decided to join the United States Army. He attended basic training at Fort Jackson in South Carolina. After five weeks, he was discharged, as he failed to meet the standards necessary for basic training. Some reports say he was discharged due to a suicide attempt. However, this has not been confirmed. After he returned home from South Carolina, he was so upset about being dismissed from the army, he had pointed a shotgun at his mother when she attempted to ask him what happened. Although this scared his mother, she never reported it to the police as Roger almost immediately calmed down. 
In 2009, Roger graduated from the Switzer Learning Center, a school for students with learning and emotional disabilities. From 2010 to 2012, he went to El Camino College in Torrance, California. In 2013, Roger and his mother moved to Winchester, Oregon, where his mother had found employment as a nurse at the Douglas County Jail. As a point of note, she was not working at the jail at the time of the shooting. Both Roger and his mother were looking forward to moving to Oregon, as they both had interests in firearms, and the state had relaxed firearm laws. Oftentimes, Roger would be seen open carrying a handgun. While Roger did not have a job in Oregon, he would sell his video game systems for money in order to purchase more weapons. He would also purchase them with money his mother had given him from time to time. All of the firearms were bought legally. His mother said Roger had his own computer in his bedroom, and about a month prior to the shooting she found a bucket he had been urinating in, so he didn't have to get up to go to the bathroom. Since moving to Oregon, Roger's father never attempted to contact him. All birthdays and holidays went by without even a phone call, and his mother became Roger's best friend. Similar to many of the shooters we cover, Roger was a loner, as he had trouble connecting with people. It seemed, to him, that he was always on the outside looking in. Change had always been hard for Roger, as he was not spontaneous at all. A neighbor who lived in the apartment below Roger and his mother said that Roger was very unfriendly. After moving to Oregon, Roger enrolled at UCC. He never performed well at school and was put on scholastic probation as his grades had fallen below average. Both Roger and his mom became members of the Roseburg Rod and Gun Club and enjoyed spending time at the shooting range. When investigators spoke with Roger's fellow students, they were informed that Roger always wore the same outfit, combat boots and army green pants. Whenever a classmate tried to engage in communication with Roger, he never spoke about his life. He only ever talked about guns, regardless if the listener wanted to hear it or not. Roger had an online dating profile that stated his interests were the internet, killing zombies, movies, especially horror movies, music, and reading. His mom reported he had Asperger's syndrome and mental problems. However, it is unclear if he was ever actually diagnosed. As mentioned in the beginning of the episode, Roger had handed another student, Matthew, an envelope that contained a USB drive. The manifesto was six pages long, and he wrote about his sexual frustration, as well as living an isolated life. He also made mention of how he hated fads like smartphones and skinny jeans. He also appeared to be against technology. It took less than six minutes for police to arrive, and the UCC students, staff, and administration were very appreciative of the quick response from the authorities. There was no telling how many lives were saved because of it. The campus reopened the Monday after the shooting, and classes resumed a week later. In a later press conference by Sheriff John Hanlon of Douglas County, he said he refused to use the shooter's name and wouldn't give him credit for this horrific act. President Barack Obama ordered that the flag be flown at half-staff in memory of the victims the day after the shooting. On the one-year anniversary of the shooting, a private gathering was held to unveil a memorial in front of the Pacific Power Operations Center, and it's open to the public.
Thank you for listening to today's episode of Active Shooter, the podcast. Remember, if you see something, say something. There's no telling how many lives you may be saving. Active shooter, reports of an active shooter, active shooter, active shooter, mass casualty incidents. Make sure to check us out on social media. We have a discussion group on Facebook. Just search for Active Shooter, the podcast discussion group. You can also find us on Instagram at Active the Podcast and Twitter at Podcast Active. For just $1 a month, you can get access to ad-free episodes, early release episodes when available, and a shout-out on the show. Just go to patreon.com forward slash active the podcast. Thank you, and be safe. Ace is the only national retailer that carries Benjamin Moore paint, which means the paint you trust and a huge selection of colors are right in your neighborhood. And this Saturday only, you can pick up a free sample of Benjamin Moore at your local Ace. It's a great way to explore quality colors and find the perfect one for your place. So if you're looking for award-winning service and a new look for your home, look no further than Benjamin Moore paint at Ace. Offer valid August 1st for Ace Rewards members. Limit one at participating stores while supplies last.